This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, this is Frida Lewis Racing Game, and I'm here with uh, Sheila Singham from Human Equation because it is the last Friday of the month in our Tools for Transformation series. And today she's joined by Cheryl Luce, founder of The Learning Matchmaker. And we're talking about uh, how companies can meet their training development needs by, you know, sourcing the right trainers. That's what the Cheryl's business is all about. Now, for you, Sheila, you know, you've come on many times, of course, on, on BFM, on how suitable NLP tools are for developing people and ultimately helping organizations organizations meet their goals. So do you find that more HR and learning and development uh, professionals uh, jumping onto this bandwagon and, you know, appreciating the benefits? Well, yeah, there there are two schools of thought on this, uh, Frida, I found from my experience. There are those who are very enthusiastic. The minute you say, um, you know, you talk about the tools that you're infusing, they kind of already know and say, are there NLP tools? And we're like, yes, but we don't shout about it. And uh, they're very excited um, and they realize that the power and the value of NLP tools uh, because they themselves have ex- maybe experienced it, gone mm. through a program, understand what it's all about. And so they're quite happy to have us on board to use it. Even some of them are very adventurous. They're open-minded. So even if they don't know much about it, we go in and conduct a program and then we find that it's like hugely successful. Mm-hmm. Then what happens is that um, they, they say, wow, this is great stuff and then bring us back to, you know, um, do follow-up trainings and all that. And they're very open because they see the power of it. All right. Uh, so maybe, Cheryl, you can tell us a little bit more about uh, your company and what it does. Good morning, Frida. Yeah. Firstly, thank you very much for inviting me to BFM. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm a die fan. Uh-huh. Uh, been <laughs> actually uh, uh, listening to BFM podcast all my life. Okay, so, uh, so tell us about your company. Yes, uh, okay, I'm the founder of The Learning Matchmaker. Um, uh, it's a very unique organisation. What we do is we match trainers, training companies, coaches and mentors. Uh, we have a very stringent way of matching. Uh, we don't play the fool in just knowing a trainer's name. Uh, we meet the trainer face to face. We validate uh, his or her work on Google mm-hmm. pages. Uh, we go to Facebook uh, and we find out who this person is. Uh, last but not least, we actually ask for a viewing time with the trainer. Mm. Uh, after which, we take a lot of our uh, ratings and we call back their past clients. So it's a stage by stage, and then only we know it's this. It's almost person. like an executive search, sir. Yes, it for, is actually. For, in for, fact, for, uh, yeah. it's the uh, the opposite way of how uh, recruitment industries are doing. Uh, but here we're really uh, focused in the training industry. Okay. So mm. okay. So that's uh, for, and I know that you've written a book as well, uh, and we'll talk about that in just yeah. a moment. Uh, so like with you, Sheila, you know, for so yes, you see more people coming on, but for those that uh, aren't, right, what's stopping them? Um, I think it's probably fear of the unknown. If you don't know something, you don't know a certain modality. Um, I don't know whether I want to introduce this, you know, how it's going to pan out. Some people are just resistant because they're old school, because Mm. they're firmly entrenched in the old ways, you know. So um, they're really not open to new ways of doing things. And in many instances, Frida, people have uh, have a couple of um, learning and development um, in a personnel saying that, Oh, NLP, uh, we don't want to, it's all about personal development. Uh, so, you know, we're looking at organizational development. But what they don't understand is you can't have organizational development without 
personal development. You've got to start um, if if you want people to change and align with the organizational vision for change and whatever new processes and, and you know that the a company is implementing uh, to to establish uh, its vision. You also have to understand that you've got to change people from the inside out. Yeah. People have got to buy in. They've got to believe. And what is belief? Belief is something very personal. Mm-hmm. It, it stems from a very very personal experience, experience of the past, experience of what other you know they've experienced in other organizations, what they've learned, what they've read. Our beliefs are shaped by everything that we experience. It's shaped by the people that we have who have nurtured us, the schools we've been through, the colleges, um, you know, the organizations we worked for before. All of that shape our beliefs. So if you want someone to be aligned with your vision for mm. the organization, you've got to address the very basic beliefs that they have about work, mm. about you as a leader, about your organization and where it's going, about their place in the organization. So beliefs are very, very powerful. So that's one of the things we address in our programs. Right. Right? You know, like most of these programs over two days and mm. all that. So can this sort of thing, can that mindset be changed in two days? Well, yeah. I mean, I've I've had people come after two days and says, "Wow, I'm so glad I came. Uh, I came for this program because my boss sent me, and I was very skeptical. It's just another training program, mm-hmm. but I really felt connected here. Something has changed inside of me because our programs are actually." touch on a human need. They're very spiritual. Mm. I don't mean religious at all. I mean spiritual in the sense that they connect with people at the deepest level, Mm. make them take a look at themselves, uh, make them look at how they can take responsibility, for example, for, for, you know, whatever outcomes they're achieving. Uh, Make them look at the how and the why of the way they are behaving and then give them certain tools that they can then change the way they behave to to achieve better outcomes. Okay. Maybe you can share some examples. I mean, one of the things is I've just had a conversation with a colleague yesterday. He says, everything is fine, but I feel very empty. Mm. Everything is fine, but there is this. And I said, you know, so, I mean, do, do you see these examples or conversations cropping up? All the time. There are people who work in an organization for 20 years and they say, I'm so unfulfilled. I, I don't even know that, you know, I belong here. I just want to do something more with my life. And I say, then why don't you? And they say, well, I can't. I, I need to. I'm trapped over here. And I say, no, but it's always a choice. Mm. It's always a choice, isn't it? I never believe in people who say, I got no choice. I have to work to feed my family. Sure. But do you have to do this work to feed your family? Can you go and do some other work to feed your family. I think I mentioned this before, Frida. When I started my business, right, I was saying, "Oh, is it? Am I going to make this work or not?" You know, starting a business, and I started it about eight years ago when you know things were slowing down in the economy at that time. And uh, I said to people, "Aren't you afraid?" And I said, "Well, you know, at the end of the day, I have to pay my bills, and if this doesn't work out, then I'll make nasi lemak and I'll go to Monkara and I'll sell nasi lemak. I'm sure I can make money enough to to, to <laughs> yeah, Monkara prices. Yeah, Monkara prices." You know, so you can always do something to survive. The question is, are you willing to be flexible and adapt yourself to the environment and do what it takes? And over here, we have a certain sort of snobbery about, I can't come down from my high horse and just do anything. But in the West, people have no problems. Yeah. People with degrees and all that are doing like menial jobs and farming and all that. Mm. So it, it's all about your mental attitude. It's all about adaptability. Mm. Yeah, right. So, Cheryl, for yourself, you actually haven't gone through NLP. 
I have not. Okay. But I have um, viewed a lot of NLP trainers on right. YouTube. Right. Uh, so, <coughs> so not really sat for the whole thing okay, yet. Okay. So, yeah. and then, of course, for, for what the work that you do, you actually source for trainers and yeah. all that. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. And, of course, your book, uh, 61 Secrets to Hiring High Potential Corporate Trainers. We'll discuss that uh, together with uh, Sheila Singer from Human Equation. And, of course, Cheryl Lutz, a founder of The Learning Matchmaker. Stay tuned to Raise Your Game, BFM 89.9. Build fortunes modestly. BFM 89.9. Good morning. This is Frida Liu. It's Raise Your Game. And if you've just joined us, uh, Sheila Singham from Human Equation uh, for our Tools of Transformation series that happens on the last Friday of each month. Uh, she's joined by Cheryl Lutz, a founder of The Learning Matchmaker. It's a company that meets the training development needs of companies by sourcing the right trainers for them. So Cheryl, just in Malaysia alone, how many trainers are we looking at? Um, roughly 15,000 over. Okay. And, uh, you know, if you define trainers, uh, it could be even an employee sitting in an organization. Right. And, you know, he can uh, do training outside. Mm. Uh, so it could be anybody. Okay, so you got a book, 61 Secrets to Hiring High Potential Corporate Trainers. Yes. 61, huh? Yes. What's that extra one? Well, <laughs> well I, just, I just ended off at 61. Okay. I couldn't find the 62. Okay, so and then currently you work with, from the 15,000, you currently work with how many only? Currently, our uh, portfolio has only 200. Right. And the reason of 200 is uh, because we need to validate people on our database. Mm-hmm. We just can't find a name and, you know, and match the person up to any client. Okay, so how do you validate? If you look at the six, and they obviously have to fill the 61 secret traits. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so how do you, you know, look for the right trainer for the right organization? Right. We have actually, a, um, personally, I've come up with a competency checklist uh, the moment I hear trainer mm. train. Uh, and it's not easy because uh, the trainer can actually be somebody that uh, could have a a bad temper, okay. you know, or uh, not a very good customer service. Hmm. And that's where his ratings drop. Uh, so our validations come before we meet the trainer, during the workshop of the training class and after. Hmm. What uh, can this trainer offer to the training industry? Okay. So it's a very long process. And we have actually blacklisted many trainers ah. uh, from our database as well. Okay. So with the temper, yes, <laughs> it's a relief to know that I you're still, still yes, you're still there, there Sheila. Still there. Okay, you haven't lost the temper yet. No. So I mean, so in terms of, uh, uh, so what does it do? It eases the person from having to source for all these trainers. Um, so it actually just we're going through you. They streamline these that you vetted on on the quality. Yes, basically the reason why Learning Matchmaker is set up is uh, we become an outsource partner for the L and D, mm. the Learning and Development Department. Uh, you see, as a learning and development department, you would be flooded by trainers' emails. You know, trainers would be knocking on your door uh, and uh, providing their solutions. Mm. And you, you as an employee, would not have all the luxury time to interview everybody. Uh, so if you use us as a partner, uh, we actually validate candidates uh, according to the subject mm. and we match these candidates back to your requirement. Mm. And that's where you as the company uh, choose which candidate you would like to okay. hire. Okay, so and then what, uh, you know, so Sheila's still on the list, right? What are some of the things that, you know, I guess her and, you know, other people would have met? What are the requirements they would have met? Sheila has actually uh, given us a boost to our customer satisfaction uh, from our, you know, from the past years that we have known her. Okay. Um, One of uh, uh, Sheila's capabilities is she gives uh, a lot of added values Mm -hmm. uh, to employers. Uh, 
uh, and, uh, and not her as well. It's many other very good ones in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are the criterias that employees are looking for. Okay. You know, uh, the employee is just not going to uh, use you for a two-day workshop. They would mm. want you to be a partner, um, you know, six months down the road. And, and that's what I see Sheila uh, giving totally so, back. So that's the added value. It's not two days, bye-bye, no. you know, I'll, I'll, catch, I'll yeah. see you later. Yeah, it, it, the trainer, the ideal trainer should be somebody that uh, calls back the client, uh, says, how are you doing? How did uh, my solutions work for your employees? Can I come back and do a, a post-check on your employees without cost? Mm. A- and this is the ideal partnership that every employer likes. Okay. I'm looking at number 61. Uh. Okay. Trainer possesses insight into process of learning. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, so I, and I think that's a very interesting point as well. You know, so how do you then, I guess, use the tools that you have in that process of learning? Mm. Um, okay, it all starts with me, um, first of all, when, when I work with, say, the learning matchmaker, they give me a brief on what the clients are want. And I'm quite stringent also with the learning matchmaker. Mm-hmm. I've got my list of come back yes. to me. These are the questions I've already given you. Come back to me with these answers. Otherwise, I'm not going to waste time writing right. a proposal because it's not going to like meet, yeah. match, right? So yeah. we've come into this really good working partnership after three years together. So they give me a very good brief and I come up with a proposal and the next step the client likes the content and usually that's the case. I think, uh, Cheryl, uh, most of the time if the client does not engage a human equation for the program, it's because we're out of their budget. Okay. <laughs> yes, agreed. Yeah, otherwise, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, the, the cost content is usually usually spot on. I think, and that's one of the, um, I think one of the skills eh, that that human equation brings to the table is the ability to really discern what is the actual program. We've actually gone in where clients said we want program A, and then when we go in and then we chunk down, we drill down, we question, 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 we find out that actually they don't need program A. They need a really custom designed program B, mm. right, with a strange title, and we do it and we give it to them and we deliver. It. Mm. And that's when we are able to match what are the NLP tools that are really, really going to make inroads into changing the psyche of the participants. Right. I always stress on the fact to all L&D staff that it's not about teaching a process. It's not about giving them 20 steps to this and 30 steps to that. It's about getting them to buy into this idea that you want to promote. Mm. If you don't get buy-in from the from the participant, then it's not going to happen. Right. And that's what we specialize in doing. Okay. And, and so, uh, interesting point as well, you know, when you talk about cost, right? Yeah. How do you meet that the, the sometimes I find it is also ridiculous when they say, "Oh, it's too expensive," but it's just like they're just trying to get the best deal. But you also have to tell them, if you want someone of value, this is the price you have to pay. So, how do you handle that? Well, you see, Frida, in in Malaysia, um, it's governed by a body called Human Resource Development yep. Fund, mm-hmm. and they have a, a a limit of a quota of the price, which is five thousand for those that want to claim under HRDF. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you see, and most people do. Yes, they do. Uh, there are also employers that have a very stringent budget. Uh, they cannot go more than what they're supposed to do. Mm. So the learning matchmaker works back on the client's budget. Uh, and if the client has this amount of money that they can offer, that's mm. where we match to the expert's needs. Ah, okay. Yeah. So any, any uh, other thoughts on this, uh, Sheila or Cheryl? 
Well, I think today that you've you've got to be looking when you select a training provider. You've got to be looking at the quality. Yes, I know that sometimes you might be bound. You contribute to HRDF, and you know you have a ceiling of five thousand. But if you really want um, something more value added, to be willing to go that extra mile and expand your budget, it's 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 in any case, it's like this, lah, Frida. You go out shopping for a handbag. You can buy a PVC handbag for you know a few hundred ringgit, or you can. Spend a couple of thousand and buy a handbag that's going to last you, last you for 10, 20 years and which you can even pass down to your kids. Mm. It's about the quality of what you're getting. Mm. So I think that's what Cheryl, um, Cheryl deals with quality trainers. And the question is, if the client wants a certain caliber of trainer, they've got to be willing to, to pay for it. Mm. it is no, it's not necessary to be bound by you know the constraints of the HRDF ceiling. Hmm. Anything else to add? Uh, yes, Rita. Um, I'd just like to point out, uh, being a trainer is a very good journey uh, because I guess all trainers have uh, tons of knowledge to spare. Um, but uh, a trainer should actually understand uh, who are the current uh, upcoming learning uh, people that is going to take over the workforce. Mm. They can be the di- digital natives, uh, people who have a very short attention span. So I guess trainers these days uh, who who want to give something more to the market should look in terms of uh, identifying the right tools mm. that could actually attract the younger workforce. Mm. So that would be my and um, and and Cheryl, the learning match Cheryl and myself and a few others are actually working on some really exciting tools mm. that. We will come back and talk to you about it, Frida, yes. when we're ready to roll. <laughs> All right, when you're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, Sheila Singham from Human Equation with Cheryl Lewis from The Learning Matchmaker. This is Racy Game, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.